Well, we started a new series last week on prayer, and we're calling it Prayer, Conversations with Our Father. Uh, And what we are doing in this series is that we are going to be learning about living out a life of prayer, but we also are going to spend some time actually living that life of prayer out and having some time of prayer in our church services. And so the way that the series is broken up is we're going to take a look at a prayer in the book of Matthew for the first half. Uh, It's a prayer that Jesus taught that we call, some people call it Our Father, some people call it the Lord's Prayer. But we're going to look at that prayer for the first half. And then the second half, we're going to look at different short prayers in the Bible uh, that we will see as well. And what we're hoping for is that as we look at the Lord's Prayer and as we set that up, it will help us understand those other prayers that we will look at later in the series. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take this prayer and we're going to just, we're going to just... Cut it up into like bite-sized portions, you know, uh, and chew on it a little bit. Savor each point. And so today we're going to be looking at uh, hallowed be your name. But why are we doing this? Why are we spending this time so much in this series of looking at prayer? Well, if you remember just a, a couple of weeks ago, we did a review on what we call three relationships discipleship. And what we want to be here at Calvary Church is a disciple-driven church. We want to be a church of disciples who make disciples, who make more disciples. And what we did last year was begin to form that foundation. And we want to do that with an emphasis on prayer and missions. And we're going to continue to do that this year. And what you would have heard if you heard us in that three relationships uh, series, that two-week series of that review, is say that discipleship occurs in the context of a setting of relationship. It occurs in the setting of a relationship with God, our relationship with the church, and our relationship with the world. And what we said is that if you learn about three relationships, as we unpack it, what you'll say is it's not about a to-do list. It's not about just having an intellectual knowledge where you can fill out a test correctly. Actually, what it is is about building that relationship, and it's about um, building these rhythms in your life, creating these rhythms in your life. And prayer is one of those rhythms of discipleship, and so that's why we're going to be studying it. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, whether you're here in Southerton or in Quakertown, we have some Bibles here. Uh, If you don't own one, take it home. It's our gift to you. It's free. We believe that the Bible is filled with life-changing truth, and we want you to have access to that, so take it home. Uh, But we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're going to spend the first half of the series just focusing on that prayer. And as I said, we're going we're gonna to chop it up into bite-sized pieces. And so what we're going to learn about today isn't even a full verse. It's just four words in one of the verses. Hallowed be your name. And so what we're going to learn today are three things. We're going to learn about hallowed be your name. We're going to learn what is this. We're going to answer the question, what is this? Why is this important? And how is this possible? What is this? Why is this important? And how is this possible? So let's start with the first one. What is this? What is hallowed? It's not a word that we use often in our language, right, in, in culture today. It's not like we go in someplace and talk about, like, this is hallowed. or it, it, It's not something that we use in our everyday language, correct? 
However, I would say that almost everyone in this room, if not everyone in this room, is familiar with it. And here's why I would say you're familiar with it. In the Middle Ages, a holiday was created. A holiday was created by the church in the Middle Ages called All Hallows Day. Today it's known as All Saints Day in many churches. All Hallows Day. The night before, the night before that holiday was All Hallows Eve or All Hallows Even, which is where we get Halloween. So you would be familiar with this word, hallowed, but what does hallowed actually mean? When it's referring to those saints, when it's referring to that, what does hallowed mean? Well, hallowed means this. It means holy. It means consecrated. Additionally, there's another definition to hallowed. It means this, revered and honored. And when we look at those two definitions and we combine them, that's where we get the depth of the question, what is this? That's where what is this is revealed. You see, when we pray, hallowed be your name, when we pray that to God, we are asking, here's what we're asking for, we are praying that God's name be set apart, that it be set apart in people's hearts and in their minds and in their lives. We are asking that God be recognized in the hearts of humanity as being infinitely great and beautiful. We're asking that God's name be revered and honored in the hearts of people. We're asking that God becomes the top priority and main focus of each and every one of our hearts. And that's important because we are not just asking for that in the totality of the world. When we pray, hallowed be your name, it's also reflecting on our own hearts. We're asking that everything that I just said be true of our own hearts as well. And this is what makes hallowed be your name unique among all of the other requests in the Lord's Prayer. You see, hallowed be your name is a petition, it's a request, but it's also a declaration. It's also a declaration. And at its root, at its foundational root, it's a heart response. It's a response of the heart. You see, each of the other petitions, each of the other requests in the prayer are focused on actions. They're focused on actions. But hallowed be your name goes beyond that. It goes beyond just focusing on an action that occurs. It actually deals at the heart and, 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 it, and it causes, is asking for this heart change in us and in the world. And we get a glimpse of what that heart change looks like in the Bible. There are a few times in the Bible where we get a picture or we get a description of what it's like in heaven. Listen to the words that come out in some of these descriptions. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy. This cry of holy, holy, holy. We see it again in a description in Revelation uh, of heaven. It says, also in front of the throne there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. 
The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Holy, 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 this heavenly declaration, hallowed be your name, asks for our hearts to be put in line with the attitude of heaven. And as a result, what flows out of that is a declaration of praise and worship and adoration. Hallowed be your name is a petition of adoration. Why is that important? Why is that important? Well, I think in order to answer why that's important, I think we need to do a little bit of a review from what we learned last week. And in order to do that, I think you need to know something about me. I hate Legos. Not just because they hurt when you step on them. I hate Legos. Don't get me wrong. I love how they look when they're finished. There's some really cool things that you can build with them. But my mind just doesn't work well with Legos. It doesn't. I, I can't put them together. Uh, uh, no matter what, all of my kids love them. They make fun of me because I, I just can't do it. Uh, I can't put puzzles together. I, I hate puzzles. There's probably a lot of engineers in here. We are not alike. We just, we, I don't speak your language. D and don't get me started on Ikea. There is nothing that makes my blood boil more than Ikea. You go to Ikea, you think you're putting stuff in your cart that's cheap, but somehow when you get to that cash register, something changes. And a lot of money is spent. And then you got to go home and you got to build it. And they give you this little one, I don't even know what that thing is called, that you're supposed to put it together with, and instructions that have no words, just pictures. This is not a lie. I have never built, ever built anything from Ikea without my wife sitting next to me telling me step by step what to do. Because my brain just doesn't work. In that manner. I hate Legos. I hate Legos. What I am good with are the preschool version. <laughs> I'm good with this, okay? Uh, I pretty much have a kindergarten level for building with Lego. Actually, that's not fair to the kindergartners. Um, but what I think it would be important is for all, I, and I, all I can build is actually cubes. That's about all I can build with these things. But I think this is helpful because if we look at the Lord's Prayer, what we learned last week is that it's divided into six petitions, six requests. And they're actually divided into two groups of three. And here's what happens. The first group is all focused on God, right? Hallowed be your name, right? Like, just look at that. Look at, look at uh, uh, the verse again. We can just look at it as we read it. Hallowed be your name. What comes next? Your name. Kingdom come, your kingdom come, 
Your will be done. The three petitions are all your, your, your. Then it switches and it talks about our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Lead us not, lead us not temptation. It switches from your to our. There's a foundation, however. There's a foundation of focusing on God, which we build upon, which we build upon and present our requests. The foundation first is focused on God. The foundation first is focused on him. And then we build upon that and we present our requests. Okay, that's how the Lord's Prayer is, is organized. However, however, I would actually venture to say that while it is organized like this, in three and three, there's actually also a second organization to it. It's organized three and three, but it's also organized, in my mind, one in five. One in five. And here's what I mean by that. When we pray, hallowed be your name, what we are doing is making a heart request. We're making a request for our attitude. We're trying to get in line with the attitude that God expressed and expects, an attitude of reverence, an attitude of valuing him, an attitude of adoration and worship. <clears throat> None of the other requests actually have that kind of heart focus. None of the other requests actually have that kind of heart focus. And when we factor in that this heart focus of adoration is placed by Jesus at the very first request, at the very first focus, what I would argue is that in some sense, if you combine this unique heart focus and the position of the request, you could argue that the main point of this prayer is hallowed be your name. That the main point of this prayer, that it is the driving force for each of the requests. And so the purpose of my prayer for God's kingdom is for his name to be magnified, for his name to be hallowed. The purpose of my prayer for God's will is for his name to be hallowed, for his name to be magnified. When I pray for my daily bread, when I pray for my forgiveness, when I pray against temptation, the focus, the drive, the drive for all of that is a magnifying of God, an adoration of God. That is the filter and the flow for everything. And that is huge. That is huge. Because I really then have to stop and ask myself, is that the focus of my prayer life? Is the main driving force of my prayer life, is the main focus of my prayer life, hallowed be your name? Is the main focus of everything that I ask for, everything that I pray for, everything that I talk to God, is the main driving force and adoration a magnifying of God. Remember, this is a heart issue. And here's what happens. If we take out, hallowed be your name, if it's not present in my praying life, if, if it's just kind of like a bonus add-on, it's not really the main focus, what happens here? It's off-centered. It's out of balance, right? It, it, it's, no, it, it's out of balance, it's tilted. My prayer life is now tilted and out of balance. And what usually occurs when it's like this, well, all the other pieces are there, 
Everything else that is asked is there, but without hallowed be your name, when it's, it's tilted, it's off balance. And what occurs here is that the focus shifts. The focus shifts. Instead of being my prayer life being focused on God, it's focused on me. It's focused on me. And that's not where my praying life should be focused. It shouldn't be focused on me. It should be focused on God. And when we add hallowed be your name, when it becomes the anchor to our prayer life, when it becomes the driving force to everything, that's exactly where I'm supposed to be. Because my praying life now becomes filled with a purpose of magnifying God and bringing him glory. Now, it's important to remember the heart aspect of this, of this petition. It's important to remember that there's a heart aspect here. Because if we're not careful, hallowed be your name become, can become a mechanical thing, a, a thing to check off on our checklist. But what it needs to be is a heart response. It, it, it can't be just a mechanical thing of, of, of something that we have to do because that won't match the tone that we read of earlier, that heavenly tone of, of holy, holy, holy. Hallowed be your name needs to be a cry that rises out of your heart. It, it needs to be something that, that overflows and actually needs to overflow out of a, out of a, a flowing and abundance of joy as well. Let me give you an example of what I mean. <clears throat> February 3rd, 2008. February 3rd, 2008. My wife and I took our children. We only had four at that time. We have five now. And our youngest is 14. So, okay, this was a while ago. We took our little children to a hotel in Lancaster called Willow Valley. It's not even there anymore. And we had a great time. We went to the pool, we went out to eat. It was a wonderful time, just hanging out with the kids and my wife. But February 3rd was also special for another reason. In 2008, it was Super Bowl Sunday. And the Giants were in the Super Bowl playing the undefeated Patriots. And somehow, Eli Manning, at the end of the game, was not tackled, through this pass that was like just a prayer, it velcroed itself onto the helmet of David Tyree, and he caught it, which led to a touchdown and the Giants winning the Super Bowl. Let me tell you what my reaction was at that point. My reaction was this. Oh, Eli Manning, you threw a football very far, and someone caught it which led to an opportunity for you to throw a touchdown pass. Now you are the champion. That is not what happened. That is not what happened. I jumped up. I was pumping my fist. I was going all around the room. My daughter, who is now going to be 21, she was about five at the time. Later on, she would say, Dad, can you show me your moves again? Can you show me your moves? Why? Because I was so excited. You guys understand how that feels. Go back to Nick Foles in the Philly special. Right? Right? Seriously. <laughs> Neither one of us really have anything to be happy about this year, but go back to the past. 
How did you feel when that happened? Yeah, you celebrated. You said all of these things, and it came out of a heart of joy. Now, capture that feeling. When we are living out, hallowed be your name, is it coming out of that kind of emotion? Is it coming out of that kind of joy? Now, I want to be careful. I want to be careful because I've heard in the past people say stuff like this and they say they, they do it almost like as also a new to-do list and a new checklist and a, a new mechanical thing. They're like, I've seen many of you celebrate in the football field and you're not clapping in here. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Actually, if you look at the verse, verses before the Lord's Prayer, what does it say? It actually warns against empty praise. It warns against it. It's like, don't be like the heathen who, who are just babbling over and over again. I mean, what would happen is they, they would say all of this praise and they would make a big show because they thought that they can wake up their gods or they can earn their... That's not what I'm saying. It's actually saying in the stillness, pray this. It's not about this outward expression. It's not about this. It's about the heart. And the reason that this is important is, is this. Hollow, hollowing is not allowed. Hollow hollowing is not allowed. Our hearts should be praising authentic praise, should be magnifying God authentically, and that should come when we step back and we see his glory and we see what he's done for us and we see the beauty of the cross. Our hearts should explode with joy. And that should be what motivates our prayer. That's what hollow be your name is. That's why it's so important. It's a heart issue. And when we do that correctly, we find joy because we delight in the one we are praising. I'm not asking you to shout and scream. All I'm saying is to look at your heart. Does your heart explode with joy when you praise when you praise your heavenly Father, when you think about what our Lord has done, when you think about the sacrifice of Jesus, does our heart just explode? Because hollow hollowing is not allowed. It's not allowed. How is this possible? How do we actually get to that point? You know, we learned about what hollow be thy name is, and, and we learned that it's important, but how is it possible? How is it possible to actually live out a prayer life of hallowed be thy name? I'm not going to overcomplicate this. I'm going to give you the answer right up front. It's not complicated. How is it possible? Jesus. That's the answer. The only way we can actually have the hallowed be your name be true in our lives is because of Jesus. In fact, Jesus is the answer for any of these petitions. The power of temptation is broken in our lives because of Jesus. We are able to be forgiven because of Jesus. Jesus is not only the bread of life that sustains us physically, he sustains us uh, um, spiritually. Jesus is the ultimate expression of God's will. He is the eternal victorious king of his kingdom. And he is the reason that our hearts can explode with joy when we see God's holiness, when we acknowledge God's holiness, because we need to understand that that's not true when we enter the story. When we enter the story, God's holiness is not a good thing. In fact, it should fill us with terror and dread because of our sin. His holiness is so, like, 
infinite. It's, it's, it's so powerful. And our sin is so much so worthy of wrath in the midst of that, that his holiness should bring us terror. But because of Jesus, instead of terror, we are able to have joy in his holiness and cry out to him, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. That's the power of Jesus. Jesus changes everything. It's because of Jesus that a cry of terror of God's holiness can turn to a cry of adoration and joy and joy. How is hallowed be your name possible? It's possible because Jesus made it possible. It's possible because of Jesus. That is the only answer. So what do we do with all of that? I'll tell you what I've been wrestling with this week, and maybe it will help you a little bit. I've really been asking myself, is this present in my praying life? Is hallowed be your name present in my praying life? And I have to be honest with you, not much. It's more of a bonus add-on if I was to be honest with you. There's some gratitude. There's a lot of requests, a lot of asking, a lot of asking for forgiveness. Not a lot of time spent on adoration, on this hallowed be your name. I don't know about you, but I can't stay like that. That has to change. My heart has to explode with joy. My requests, whether it be for me or my family or my finances, need to come out with a desire to magnify his name. My praying life, my life in general, needs to be one that hollows his name, that cries out and magnifies his name. So if you're like me, we got to change a little bit. we got to change a little bit and spend some time just adoring him, magnifying him. Allowing our hearts to explode with joy when we think about his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his power. So what we're going to do today is exactly that. I told you we're not going to just learn about prayer, but we're going to actually do prayer in this series. So before we go on into the next part of service, I just want you to have a conversation with God. Just close your eyes, whether you're in Sowerton or in Quakertown. Just close your eyes or online. Just close your eyes for a moment and just ask yourself this. I want you to ask God, actually not ask yourself, ask God. God, how much is this present in my praying life? How much is hallowed be your name present in my praying life? And as he just reveals to you and and, and works with you and, and talks to you a little bit, If it needs to be more present, if it needs to not be an add-on, but the main driving force, the main focus of your praying life, I ask you that you will just ask him to allow that to happen. And that you begin to just tell him of how great he is. Lord, you are great. 
And I don't want that to be some mechanical response to you. I don't want that to be something that I just say because I'm supposed to. I want that to explode from my heart. I want that to be something that just resonates because your grace is astounding. Your mercy is astounding. Your power is astounding. There is nothing, nothing greater than you. Nothing. And you are amazing. We worship you. We praise you. And we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name.